This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You're every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Slightly late. We had an equipment malfunction. Yeah. But Mariana was on the case and fixed it post-haste. Yep. So here we are, only five minutes late. Pretty, we're here. Pretty good. Boom. And for those of you watching on YouTube, we're on time. That mustache Always on time. Majestic. Every, and the every mustache week is on point. It's growing on you. Literally. It, actually, it actually is growing. It's on. not just growing on my face. It's growing on my heart, guys. Yeah. Or maybe Reese is growing on the mustache. Oh, it's true. Do you ever think yeah. of that? The stash is in control and yeah. it's growing a Reese. Boom. Yeah. That makes more sense. Oh, access of entry. Thank you. I'm glad you like my shirt. It's a little Miami Vice mixed with uh, He-Man. I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, everybody in, in the Twitch chat, it's always a pleasure to uh, talk to y'all, hear how everybody's doing, and then always make fun of the raw dog. Yeah. Which, sure. you look so weird without facial hair. I know. It's because I've had it for years. Well, you also have like a high and tight now, so you look, you look like the Marine. It's what you get when you go for a $15 haircut <laughs> and Sandy had a Supercuts. <laughs> In San Diego. Hey, like, all a, right, well, we, we know budget. what you want. Yeah, we have so many Marines here. Yeah, here's she was a, like, here's a here quick, you go. Quick job. She's yeah. like, now you look like you're one of us. One <laughs> of us. Yeah. The joke okay. is I'm just not any way like a Marine at all. <laughs> She's like, please help. I'm like, oh, let me call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me call the police. Come back. Aren't yeah. you a Marine? No. 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 I played I'm, one, though. I'm, I'm laughably not. <laughs> <laughs> I played one on Ghost Recon. Yeah, yeah. that was it. <laughs> uh, anyway, everybody, thank you for joining us for the show. We have a lot to talk about. Episode 601 mm. of Signals from the Frontline. We've been doing this for quite a while. So let's jump in and talk about the day's news. So first up, we just returned from the ATC, which for those of you who don't know, stands for the American Team Championship. Sort of America's version <laughs> of the ETC. Uh, really cool, fun event. It's grown tremendously. They had 75 teams. I think so, 74, 76, 75. Something yeah. like that. So they're just shy of 400. It's like 360, 70 people, which is incredible. And that's a yeah. huge, huge event. And we're seeing these happen over and over again. So it's kind of a testament to not only how popular the event is itself, but also to how popular 8th edition 40K is. It's uh, just, we're seeing events blow up around the world. It's uh, tremendous. So we had a great time. Uh, the event takes place in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, it's a place, that's a city a lot of us would probably never go unless you live in that area. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to go check out the South and see all the fun stuff it has to offer. A little hot. Oh, yeah. It was pretty damn hot and humid. Oh, um, humid. Yep. It, the AC didn't work on the first day, so that made it a little rough. It was but. it was pretty warm. Some of our, our larger gaming brethren were having a rough go of it, but uh, it was warm. Yes. Yeah. A couple guys were just like, I thought they were going to die. But uh, just everyone, the sweat yeah. Just coming off. I mean, I was yeah. sweating. My my, Brandon Brandon on our team uh, was literally dripping. Yeah, mm. dripping off the end of his nose. Um, Androids can sweat. I know. I, I know. He is. He's part man. It's how you stay. They're making them really realistic these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Westworld. It's liquid cooled. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the liquid yeah. coolant that yeah. was working. <laughs> yep. It was like Arnold and uh, Westworld's like started leaking. Yeah. 
Brain juice? Haven't no, that's made not it that far, Reese. Oh, God, you spoiled spoiler. it for a lot of people right now. Jeez, Get over <laughs> it. That's true. That's been that that's, season that has was, been out that's for last season. No, it was the beginning years. of the so season. last season. It was the beginning of the second mm. season when he bumped his head. It was, so the, it was the end of the first season, though. When they, it was the beginning of the first, second talk, season. I thought they talked about the end of the first season. Well, it's when he starts leaking brain juice is the beginning of the second season, which is actually the end of the second season because it's all out of order. Yeah. There is you no just order. ruined it all again. Take that. Oh. Somebody made a time. Don't worry. You still won't understand what's happening. No. <laughs> I didn't. Such a I had to go. Show. Yeah, I had to go read that timeline. There's to a timeline somebody what was made. Going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, even, even Brandon was just like sweating his yeah. ass off. But it, got, it was fine on the next day. Um, and of course, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the event, which unfortunately has been happening a lot lately to, to a lot of different events, you know, including our own. Yeah. And um, there's a big spotlight on all the events now, though. It is. Like, yeah. Where it hasn't been like that in the past, where like everybody is, seems to be looking for controversy. Well, you don't have to look almost too hard so. for well, this, it right now. On this one, unfortunately, it was pretty blatant, but like it does seem like there's a lot more nowadays where people are like, really looking at lists, really looking at stuff. Yep. It, it seems like they almost want to catch people off guard. A few well, people in the community, which I don't, eh, I don't really think that's, that's, I think there's better things to do with your time, but yeah. yeah. That's why I thought it was a good time to wear the uh, WWAD uh, wristband, right. you know? Alex what would Alex do? What would Alex do? Brought to, us, brought to us by Riot Games. Or actually, I shouldn't say that. Brought to us by Mark Merrill, yeah. uh, co-owner of Riot Games. Mm -hmm. uh, and... <laughs> We'll be handing those out at yeah. uh, SoCal in the end. Just to keep people like cool. Yeah. Like, hey, my opponent's remember. being a little tricky. Yeah. They're using something that might not be on the list. You look at your wrist and you're like, you know what? Alex would be like, it's okay, mate. What do you say that? That was my English accent. I don't think he said that. That did not sound English. Yeah. That was I'm working guy. on it. He said, all right, Gavna. That's good. The Cockney <laughs> accent. That's how he talks. <laughs> Alex is a posh. He barely, his, his English <laughs> accent is very subtle, actually. Yeah. He's lived in America for, I think, longer than he lived in, in the UK at this point. But uh, I could be wrong about that. Uh, however, yeah, there was a little bit of controversy and it's, it, it's been happening a lot, but I, like you said, I think it's not, it's not something that's been happening recently. I think people are just paying more attention to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because the, the scene is exploding. It's growing so much that people are, are paying more attention to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now things are being streamed. Now lists are all posted online. So things that might not have been noticed before are being noticed now and they're being scrutinized, mm -hmm. which really is, it's frustrating in the short term, but it's going to be positive in the long term because it's forcing us to tighten up our game. And yeah. that's only going to be good for the people that come. I just, I think the bad thing about it is it, it like kind of like puts a, cast a shadow over the events mm -hmm. and um, you don't hear about all the good things at the events. You're just hearing about these negative things right. at each event. It's like Yelp reviews. Yeah. Like you're so, only seeing like, who goes on person Yelp to like exactly. reviews. Yeah. People who are upset. If you have a good meal at a restaurant, yeah. chances are you know, most people aren't going to go and leave a review. Yeah. That's nice. I always try to do that. Yeah. I mean, some people do try to do it, but I generally speaking, yeah. the majority of the reviews are going to be negatives. Yeah. And it's, um, it goes along with the events and it just, unfortunately, yeah. that's the thing that people will remember about the events opposed to, oh man, I had the best time ever. It was so yeah. much fun. Oh no, I played against a guy that was doing something that was illegal. Mm -hmm. and that's the part that'll stick. It in gets drowned out and everybody loves yeah. drama. I mean, who doesn't like to like, definitely like what, read the drama? <laughs> I mean, people do. It's just part of life. So yeah. I understand it. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, there's a few characters out there right now that are like really ratcheting up like the scrutiny the sensationalist yeah you know after things happen being sensationalist about it dry like it's, it's not helping the community at all i'm not going to name names 
I think everyone probably knows a few of the well, people that are doing that. Well, that's not what frontline gaming is about. But, right, if, but you're, if you're out there and you're trying to make a name for yourself with news article, or whatever yeah. about the community, you push the sensation button, you get attention. So yeah. I, I understand why people may choose to do that and may not agree with yeah. it. But, you know, it's if, not good if, for the community. If you've got a new podcast or something and you're trying to break away from the crowd, I get it. I yeah. understand why you would make that choice. Probably might not do you favors in the long run, but in the short right. term, it might boost you up a little bit. So, yeah. however, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there is a lot of negative attention, but like you said, Frankie, let's say we had a great time. Heck yeah, it was amazing. And we, we played the team that got disqualified, Team Happy. Uh, we played them round one and I got my ass kicked, but I had a great game. I played Justin and we were yeah. laughing. It was like, whoever goes first is probably gonna win. He went first. And I lost. <laughs> I made the best game of it I could. Yeah. But uh, that's just, I mean, that's kind of the way that the team tournaments go is that you take these lists that are a, not a list that you would take probably or maybe to a, a singles event because they tend to be a little bit more extreme. And then if you just get unlucky or you don't pair correctly, you end up in a mismatch. Yep. But that's just part of the event, you know, and it's like that's part of the, the, the way it goes. And it's like I, I had no problems and, you know. No. Yeah. Like it. It was a fun event. We we always talk about the ATC because it's it's one of the better formats in our opinion. Like the team the team like is just great, you know? Like if you lose, you're still in the event. You can still win the event or um, your team can still do extremely well even if you lose a couple games, which is awesome. You know, you're not just out of it after losing a game, which is great. Yeah. And then of course you're hanging out with your friends, drinking beer, going out on the town, like it's it's just a good time. I really How like is it. the town? Ooh, it's surprisingly fun. Yeah, yeah. Is that a college town? Um, there uh, is a college know. nearby, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know the lay of the land there that well because we flew into Atlanta and we drove. Yeah. So like when we were in Atlanta, we went to this really cool seafood restaurant and it was like in a really like characterful neighborhood. And like, it was neat. There's people riding these crazy custom motorcycles around stuff. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. some I never would have seen in my life, right? Like. That was neat. And then we went out to a, a place called Champy's Chicken. Ooh, uh, They serve 40s. It's 40s and fowl is the wow. name. Wow, yeah. You can get chicken and waffles there too? Of course. Oh, duh. Yeah. But uh, and the people in the South are really, really nice. Like yeah. Southern hospitality is like a real thing. Mm -hmm. And everyone was so chatty and friendly. The guy next to us was like, y'all never been to Tennessee? Bought us fried pickles. <laughs> and uh, it was just really fun. You know, like we had a good time and uh, went out and shot some pool afterwards. And, yep. Everybody there was super interesting, and, and we had a really good time, and all of our games were really fun. Yep. Um, you know, there was some delays with the pairing process, and I think it was a combination of the, the BCP guys just launched the team uh, portion of it, and the ATC guys, kind of the way that they do their pairings is a little different than normal, like a tie. And Frankie, correct me if I'm wrong, because you understand it better than I do. You, help, you were helping out a lot. A tie, you have to win by 10 points or more to not tie. Correct, yeah. And, I, and I, I'm speculating, I don't know, but I think there was a miscommunication between the ATC team, the BCP guys, because they had to keep repairing people, which caused delays between rounds. And I think it's because the app wasn't jiving 100% with what the ATC guys wanted to do. Yeah. So people were getting wins when they were supposed to get ties. Yeah, I think there was a miscommunication on how big the spread was. Yeah. Um, before the tournament, I don't think they had talked about the spread, so I don't think that was in there, yeah. or there was miscommunication. Um, so yeah, so there were a few issues, but they got it worked out during the event. Unfortunately, that did put delays on it, because yep. they had to basically rewrite the app 
um, during the event. So it did cause some delays. Um, But for the most part, I mean, everybody was having a good time and it became kind of like a joke, you know, it was like, Oh, nope. Pairings are wrong. Everybody's yeah. like, ah, all right. There it goes. So. And, and some people did get frustrated, which fair enough. Yeah. But it was like, did it ruin the event? No, no, not at all. Like we were there later than we had expected to be, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like the, the vast majority of people there had a really good time, ourselves included. Yeah. I mean, and we, it, we, did, we did okay. We got 13th place out of 76 or something like that. So nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We were hope we thought we had the juice to win it this year, which we didn't, but um, we did really well. And then you guys all went four and two. We're not going to talk about how I did. <laughs> Wasn't my you best. You did better than la- or last time, though. I think I did like the same. No, actually, you got one more win. Did I? Yeah. Only won one game last year. Yes. Last time. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm surprised I'm not you back on the team. The, I, am, yeah. I know. I am too. Thankfully, Jeff wasn't in the country. Yeah. Well, Jeff would have gone. It's just I. <laughs> Because uh, uh, Jeff, our teammate, couldn't make it, and um, so Ray um, uh, Akumata. Akumata. Yeah, that's how you pronounce <laughs> He's the that. real yeah. marine. He he, he is, is a real marine. marine. Yeah. He's like four foot two, but he'll like beat you up. Yes, that's true. Yeah. With his just eyes, fury. He's yeah. just yeah. Just imagining him right now with no shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, Ray. Ray kicked ass. Uh, he yeah, did he really really well. Um, all everybody did great except for me. <laughs> Oh, team tournaments are not my jam, apparently. I am well, it really is on the team captain who did the parent. Okay, so. to be fair, uh, and it, ATC controversy aside, like talking about how we did, because I'm sure people want to know, uh, my, my list was not optimized. Like, I, we knew that going in. Normally, I would pair it with guard, but Brandon um, is probably like our best player on our team. He was playing guard, so I was like, no, you take it. Yeah. And the space marine portion of my list, like, it was really interesting. Um, the Thunderfire Cannon was absolutely amazing. Yeah, go buy one if you people, haven't done that yet. I'm shocked. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm shocked how many people don't know what it does. You just shut down a, a somebody's so like key unit. You're like, nope. Well, I played three different yeah. players where they, because Smite Spam was every, like not yeah. every team, not everywhere, like almost every team had a Zinch Nurgle combo. Yeah. And I played three different players who bubble wrapped their army with a screen unit, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then yeah. I was like, oh, you don't know what the Thunderfire Cannon does, do you? They're like, no. I'm like, all right, well, you're about to find out. Yeah. Boop, your whole army's moving about three inches a turn. They're like, oh! <laughs> like, I was yeah. like, yep. Yeah. And uh, they will never make that mistake again. No. Guaranteed it. But uh, the Knights did really great. The Valiant is so much fun. We called him Ahab because every time I harpooned something, I was like, yar, matey! It was funny for the first like, two did, games he missed. I missed every shot. Yeah. It was, I had Pablo re- predicted it. I had really, really, like, not, I know everybody says this, but I, I genuinely had really bad luck. Yeah. Um, I had the plus one to go first, and I lost the roll every single game. Six out of six games. Is that something from ATC? Because you no, no, it's just it? normal 40K. Like, if oh, I have less units than you, oh, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. plus one. I, lo- I lost it every single game, right. except game six. You won it, and then I you got seized on it. I rolled it, and I was like, I rolled a six. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually going to get to choose to go first or second. Yeah. And then he seized on me, and I was like, that's tight. That's cool. <laughs> Dude. The guy that I played last round said he got seized on every single game. Yeah, that's okay. that's even worse luck. Than, than that's, that but that's like good luck though too. Yeah. Like you go buy a lotto ticket. Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. like all right. It was crazy because like the three games I lost, which I, I lost three games, all three of those. Well, one of them I was I I played a 24 haywire spam army, which mm. thanks cap. But uh, I was probably that even if I went first, that's a tough game. Like yeah. I, I might be able to win. But then the two, the other two games I was playing against, you know, Magnus, uh, Zinch Army, he's like, 
I I'm like extremely confident I would have won both those games if I would have gone first. I just didn't. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that's that's the breaks. That's just the way it goes. And yeah, but my, I had some comically bad luck um, in in uh, in a lot of my games. But I had, still had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. The Valiant is definitely not as good as the Castellan in my appearance, in my opinion. However, he's definitely more fun. Heck yeah, shooting that harpoon is Dude, awesome. the harpoon was so awesome. You Whenever two it flyers. worked. Yeah. Like a flyer is flying by. It's all... I was like, yes. But he let me down a couple times. Like I got a guy's warlord plane sights right there. I'm like, this is it. Here we go. Boink, donk, missed. I was like, you son of a... And then I had Magnus twice and I missed... Oh, he just, it was so, and it's twin length too. Yeah. I was like, come on, dude. Oh, brother. <laughs> but um, if you don't roll like like poop, the yeah. Valiant's really good. Oh, and then in that game too, I rolled three ones for my flamer for number of hits on Magnus. I was like, oh. That's pretty good. <laughs> and he, that guy was like, oh, I thought Magnus was going to die. I was like, that makes two of us. <laughs> I guess <laughs> not. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of fun. I actually did snipe a character with the um, missile, Shieldbreaker missile. Nice. That thing is not nearly as scary as it seems on paper. No. You, you miss. Like, every time I shot it, I, it didn't do anything except the one time. I was like, well, I was like, this is the last time I'm probably going to miss again. And they're like, oh, wow, I actually killed the guy. My opponent was like, I don't like that thing. I was like, yeah. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Valiant was a blast. Super fun. If you're going for max optimization, take a single castle in. Yeah. Uh, the Gallant was amazing. The Gallant is absolutely amazing. He died every single game. But he went out like a champ every single game. Putting the 2 plus save and the extra attack on him, which is yeah. what I normally did, he, he would go into hordes and they just couldn't touch him. And he had 18 kick attacks hitting on twos. Like, yeah. like he would go into like units of uh, plague bears, just pop, 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 pop. Like big units of orcs didn't matter. Um, and then every, when I played Magnus, I gave him the uh, super gauntlet. Mm -hmm. It hits on twos and it does eight damage flat. He would beat the <laughs> Not out of Matt. He's just like, when you got those oh, two wounds through. <laughs> Reese got two wounds through on Magnus. And the guy's like, all right, well, how many wounds is that? And Reese is like, 16. 16. The he's guy's like, like what? Oh, all right, well, I guess he's dead. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, if you don't kill him, you choke him out. Yeah. Like, ah, it was so much fun. Like, again, like, uh, the, the Gallon is truly competitive choice. Like, yeah. Truly competitive choice. But he's so fun to play. Like, he's just an absolute blast to play him. And then the Crusader was really good because I was playing Hawk Shroud. Ignoring the damage tables is, is simply amazing. But the, the, the interestingly, the Warlord trade of plus one to hit yeah. for, the, for House Hawk Shroud, I used it every single game and it was absolutely amazing. My opponents were just like, wow, that's really good. I was like, yeah, I didn't realize, like I, didn't, I thought I would only use it once in a while. Yeah. I used it every game. Even when I was playing against like Plague Bears and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's a unit of 30 Plague Bears, like minus two to hit. I was like, oh, I'll go plus one to hit on you. He was just blowing them away because all those weapons are too damaged. It's pretty so good. It's just like blah, 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 just wasting units of Plague Bearers or whatever. So um, had a blast. My Smash Captains were terrible. Mm. I've never had Captains play so badly. I just didn't, I didn't do a wound until my fourth game. <laughs> like I just couldn't roll to save my life. And then, of course, in that game, I was playing an Orc player, and they just obliterated all his characters. I was like, oh, I guess they're saving it <laughs> no, up for you, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, they were just going in and thunderhammering character after character. But uh, in every other game, they were just awful. I just couldn't do anything with them. Um, and then the scouts were great, of course. But, yeah, scouts yeah. are always amazing. I had a great time. Even the games I lost, I learned, and we were laughing and having a good time. Um, I do have to say, Chase, I, I play Chase uh, from the Warhogs. 
He was like, this is my dream matchup. He had the Haywire spam. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, true. He's like, I didn't think I'd get it. I, I was like, like, thanks, Frankie. Yeah, I know. And I was like, well, Chase. Well, it was funny because we were all talking about it. We're like, all right, so Ray, which armor do you want? Ray's like, well, I think that one's a better matchup for Reese because they have to roll to hit. And everybody's like, haywire. all right. Yeah. So we gave it yeah. to Reese. And then Reese was like, you know, they have D6 haywire shots I, after the game. And we were like, oh, that's pretty I bad. forgot. <laughs> to be, to yeah, be yeah. fair, like just yeah. poor playing on my part. For some reason in my brain, I thought they had one shot. I thought then, they only had like one or D3 or yeah. something like Yeah, and then he was like, oh, here's 66 Haywire shots. I was like, whoa, what? I made a mistake. Well, I'm dead. What's the unit? They're a Harlequin um, yeah. Haywire oh, the, jet bike. The, the jet bike guys. Yeah. And yeah. every four plus is a mortal wound. Is a mortal wound. And, and on top of that, he was rolling really, really, really <laughs> high. That's a very yeah. good anti-night list right there. Yeah. Yes. It was so funny. There I was yes. like, mistakes have been made. <laughs> I was like, well, boys, I'm screwed. I hope you guys do well. Yeah. It was good. If I would have gone first, because we both deployed on the line, if I would have gone first, I, I, I had a chance, because I might have been able to kill all the bikes, and then it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, and then he just nuked me, and I, we were laughing. Yeah. He was nice enough to pour me like three strong drinks, because I needed it, and my feelings got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> my pride can't take it. Uh, It'd so, be good if he had like a little like horn, like a little clown horn that he would do. Every I needed, time he just I needed something. <laughs> yeah. I needed yeah. a trumpet to play taps. <laughs> that's a really, that's a good counter. Like if you oh, take yeah. an all night list, yeah. you go against that, you're like, mm, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that's, I, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happens. It was really funny, but hey, we yeah. I still had fun, even despite I was getting clubbed on the head. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was great. It was a really good time. The nights are awesome. The, the space marine pairing with it, like what you mm, took blood angels? Or no, I just no, took I took space marines. Okay. Yeah. I'm more comfortable with them, and the Thunderfire Cannon like literally won me games. It was yeah. stupid how good it was, like ridiculous. Like I was playing people, they're like, "Oh, I have ten psychers surrounded by lots of plague bearers," and like your whole army's done. You're stuck, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, yeah. yep." Here comes. They gave me like four turns to just blast them, you know. Right. Oh, and by the way, the 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 relic flamer against plague bearers is pretty. Rerolls the wound with two damage. That's the key because it, it, it negates the feel no pain. Yeah, yeah. So that was me. Uh, I didn't do as well as I had hoped, but I had a blast. Um, don't pay attention to all the controversy. Yeah. Shane and his crew are super nice people. They do. A, they run a good event. They had definitely had some growing pains. Yeah. There was definitely a couple logistical errors. Um, I don't think it ruined the experience. No, not at all. And the whole thing with uh, with Team Happy. It is what it is. You know, they got disqualified um, for a number of reasons. The official reason was uh, for modeling purposes. And um, um, I'm sure there was other things that went into that, but that was the, what they, that they uh, stated. And we linked their uh, press release in the show notes. If you want to hear what the ATC TOs have to say about it, uh, click through that link and you can read it for yourself um, and, and get more information. Yeah. Uh, Roy Duarte, thank you for subscribing. Hey, very cool. Yeah. And uh, just to let you guys know, too, because I'm sure the information is already out there, um, the ITCTO group, uh, we've, been we've been talking about this for a while, but like in light of recent events, we've really got some momentum when we're going forward. We're uh, drafting some floor rules, and what floor rules are is etiquette rules. And it's um, to give TOs and players some tools to help them work through these situations where, you know, what do you do? when somebody is using war gear that's not on their list. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's an accident or not, it's impossible to prove. So we're not going to speculate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Frankie played against Aaron and he got, he was, Aaron used the plasma pistols on him and it wasn't on his list and it's like, didn't really impact your game at all. No. But um, you know, I, who knows if he did it on purpose or not? You can't, we don't know. It's impossible to tell. Yeah, I mean like every time I play my Seraphim, I take a plasma pistol. And then if you're going to the ATC, you might play a list that you've never played before. and. It's an easy mistake, yeah. for sure. 
But yeah, but you know, a lot of people got upset, and uh, yep. they're very vocal about that. So, um, you know, we're not here to speculate on the who's, what's, or why's, or whatever's. It's not our place. The TOs made the decision they did. Yep. We support the TOs always in these situations. And um, the floor rules that we've been working on, uh, all the TOs from around the world are putting in their input. And uh, it's basically going to give people some guidelines that if you, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. It's, but if, if uh, just like anything in the ITC, it's optional. But it's going to help a lot to help resolve these kinds of situations. Like, what do you do? You know. Yeah, and it gives TOs options. You know, if they don't, <clears throat> if they don't have like a policy in place for themselves, if it does come up at their event, they can look to this and use these. Yeah, and, so. it, and it's it's going to help players too. Like, what do you do when a die goes off the table? What do you you know What do you do when um, yeah, someone's you know you can't tell what their models are, mm -hmm. right? Like all this kind of stuff, like declaring your roles before you roll them, all this kind of stuff, it'll help a lot to just kind of streamline the experience um, for, for everybody. Yeah. And then, you know, how do you handle sportsmanship issues? And it's going to be put together from lots of different people who have lots of experience. So it should be really helpful to resolve uh, these kinds of situations going forward. Yep. But how did you do at the event, buddy? Um, my Dark Elder did really well. Um, yeah, you went four and two. Yeah, uh, no, I went three and three. Oh, okay. Three and three. Um, so I lost to Aaron Along in round one, um, but I, I felt like I was fine during the game and stuff. My army played really well. The witches again are just MVPs, man. They just charge into anything. I charge into characters and kick their butts because they have so many attacks. Um, and then the succubus, they're, they're always amazing as well. Charge into guys, hold them up with Chardonnets. Like it was game winning in a lot of my games. And I switched up my list and I took a lot of Venoms. Um, and the Venoms are great. The extra shots were excellent. When I played against the Nid player, of course it helped out versus Flyerance. Um, the Tantalus, yeah. amazing. Um, I didn't have a single player target the Tantalus. Hmm, that's strange. Yeah, yeah. The Tantalus it's was not that up until kill. like the last turn of the game, like every single yeah. game. Um, and the Tantalus is a monster and it puts out so many shots, especially paired up with the Blackheart Relic where you get reroll ones to wound. Um, the Tantalus was doing work. So, um, yeah, I, I like my list. It was a lot of fun. My Archons comically did not a lot this tournament. Usually they do a lot of work, but uh, this tournament was not theirs. Um, I kept failing my Invo saves like on the second roll of the dice, like almost every game. I was like, cool. Well, he's dead. <laughs> But uh, Dark Eldar are amazing. The Blackheart stratagem is definitely the best stratagem in the game. Um, it is so good. Yeah, and in a couple of my games, I had some bad luck. Um, but that goes around, comes around. You know, I probably had some good rolls too. Just don't remember those, of course. Um, but yeah, it was really funny in my last game when I played against the all Dreadnoughts. I flew oh. everything up, shot all my blasters into them, did nothing. I was like, cool. You had two games where your blasters and your opponent, like against your game against Aaron... Yeah. Aaron was like, hey, Reese. I'm like, what? He's like, Frankie didn't do a single wound with all his blasters. I was like, yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to me yeah. like all the time. Because you were like, like oh, okay. you were like, I had him dead to rights and then I just whiffed and then you're like, well, okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I shot at the uh, bunch of dreadnoughts. They had three up invos. So he was making a lot of saves and I just wasn't doing anything. I was like, all right, cool. Well, that was fun. And then on the one turn where I could swing the game, I kill a dreadnought, blows up, kills half my infantry, kills my tantalus. I was like, well, that was really bad. <laughs> then I killed the other dreadnought that was right there. That one blows up, kills the rest of my infantry. I was like, sick. That was, that was so was funny like, because <laughs> when we went over and we're like, oh, all dreadnought army against blaster spam, Dark Eldar, you're going to smush him. Yeah. And then I came back over and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he's like, 
not good. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I played against a foot smite spam army that he bubble wrapped his whole army <laughs> with 30 plank cores. And I was like, and I have a thunderfire can. I should have been like a slam dunk. But instead, I literally just couldn't get. On you. You're like, oh, oh no. My, oh, I feel, oh. I felt you. Yeah, like, you and I both should have won our games and both got our butts kicked. Yeah. <laughs> and against Warhogs too, I had really bad luck against the Eldar player. He was even like, man. Your dice are not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. When your opponent like, yeah, starts whatever. apologizing to you for your dice, you know. Uh, like my last game too, yeah. like the guy, he was like laughing so hard that he was like almost like hurt himself. Because I was like, all right, I can get back in the uh, game as long times. as you don't roll a one on and do reality blanks on your Zinch demons. He's like, oh, one. I was like, no. Oh. And then he rolls a six for the number that comes back. goes back onto an objective. I was like, yeah. Yeah. good, good. That's good. Oh, good for you. And then he did it again the next turn. Excellent. Well, the one again, I was like, okay, I, that was it. I lose. I don't know what to do. Oh, brother. But the event was so much fun. I love the ATC. Um, I'm definitely going to try to go back next year. So so let's jump in and answer some questions. I know everyone, this is a hot topic right now. People have strong opinions. So uh, let's answer some questions. You want to scroll up. Thank you, JD Esquire, for subscribing. Yeah, thank Ooh. you so much. Yeah, uh, resubscribe. Ooh. Remember, guys, if you are Twitch Prime, um, you have to manually yeah. subscribe. Yeah. It doesn't do it automatically. But we appreciate it. Yeah, Bug, definitely. uh Thank you. I like you. I'm glad you like my, my mustache. Yeah. <laughs> people, and you know, at the ATC too, I want to say this. There's like. so many people came up and were like, thank you guys for everything that you do. Yeah, it, really, was, it really means a lot to us. Yeah, there were a oh. lot of people that came up, yeah. which is good. D. Scarlatella, hey, uh, Dave, he actually just had a commission done by us too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, you know what's funny is the, the person that absolutely whooped Frankie's ass with a Dreadnought army, yeah. is, uh, they paid for us. It was uh, some of the Dark Bunny guys. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 yeah they're yeah. super nice guys. Yeah. Um, can we talk about our list design going to a team event? Yeah. Well, you're the captain. For, you're the captain. Yeah. You want to talk I mean, about really and truly for list design, it comes down to what you're comfortable with. You want to play an army that you're comfortable with. You know what it does. Um, you know what kind of matchups you want. That was one of the things that we had a problem with is some of our, like a few of us just weren't that in tune with our lists. I, it was me too. Yeah, me and too. And like, we just didn't know exactly what we wanted to be paired against. Um, so it made it really hard to do pairings because, you know, you could you could do all these meta busting lists, but at the end of the day, you need to know what your army wants to do, who you want to play against, who you don't want to play against, because that's what it comes down to when you put down the yeah. two lists. Because like, yeah. when we played Team Happy, like, we were laughing because like, we played them last time we were at ATC yeah. to win the whole tournament. And we were like, man, we just played you guys last time we were here. And we just started laughing and then they were like, okay, what do you guys want to pair? And we're like, how do you pair? Because yeah. we forgot. Yeah. And they definitely outpaired us in that first round, which oh, is yeah, one of definitely. the reasons why we, we lost. Yep. Um, and then like, like example, James Carmona on our team who's like super duper on point. Yeah. He wanted to play against uh, Aaron Schaller who his list was like a hard counter to James's. And we were like, oh, why do we do that? That was stupid. And Aaron just, and Aaron is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Was just like apologizing as he just blew James away. We were like, man, we really didn't pair well. To be fair, James failed a charge that you needed to make. But yeah, we, we had like a 90% chance of making yeah, it. So, yeah. But yeah, it just, you really need to know your army and what you want to play against and what you don't want to play against. That's, that's the key when you go to one of these team events. Because you really don't have like a ton of control against who you're playing. Um, especially if you're putting down like an attacker list, uh, your opponent gets to actually pick which list he plays against. So... That's that's really what it comes down to. I I don't think bringing meta busting lists or anything like that, like an all Nurgle army that won't ever die, really does anything for your or for your uh, um, team because there are lists that'll beat it. So, uh, Roy Duarte, um, we we don't really review lists anymore because it's like it, we just it's overwhelming. We get too many. Like I would okay. spend hours of my day just doing that. 
For the LVO 40K friendly, if you're playing in that event, you're gonna to wanna to post your list in the, the Facebook group and then the TO will check it. You don't need to do it now, you have plenty of time. However, eventually all lists for the friendly have to be approved by the TO. So that's the way that that will work. Um, Justin Kimple, any update on the ITC missions changing? So we're still soliciting feedback. We've gotten hundreds of responses. Thank you so much. Uh, please, if you haven't done so, go ahead and give us that feedback. We're gonna let it go until after the BAO. And then we're gonna go in and start really digging in. I've, I've been looking at it every day. The feedback's been excellent. Um, even the feedback that's just wildly negative, there's still good stuff to be taken out of it. But the vast majority of it's really positive. People like it. And it, we were when we were at the ATC, we were asking people left and right, what do you guys think? What would you change? What do you like? Because we, we have kind of like a radical idea for, not radical, I should say. We have a pretty dramatic change we're thinking about. And we were soliciting feedback from people at the ATC. And a lot of people... We're, we're giving us really good feedback. So um, we're, we're banging around a lot of ideas, but a lot of people want to give us input. A lot of people have ideas. So right now we're still just collecting it. Yeah. Right. And then we're going to look at making the changes. They'll probably kick out in August. Um, but we want to just get as much information back as we can before we make any change. Are we going to make big changes and we make little changes? Because right now it's like, I'd say we're about at a, a 90% I like them. So it's like that kind of is like, Maybe don't rock the boat. Maybe just make little changes because people like them. Yeah. But um, we're batting around a lot of ideas um, right now. Is Pure Nights viable? Asks Street Crazy. Uh, it uh -huh. is, but I don't think you're going to win a tournament. Like, is it fun? Yeah, I had a blast. Um, is it going to, like, dominate? No, because you need more bodies. You'll I don't know. I think, honestly, yeah. I think a lot of the armagers and warglaves... I think you would do really well with like if you took yeah. like one of the big guys that gives them reroll ones i think the armagers and warglaves would be like the business maybe even a gallant in there because the gallants are super good the helverins everybody is just loving their damage Helverins. output is yeah pretty impressive the only having minus one though really hurts like it's not that crazy like he was shooting at my tantalus and i was like eh. oh i got one for rvd one of a kind who uh we love him <laughs> He loves to express his opinions, which, you know, I really appreciate, actually, because okay. he always stimulates conversation, even when it annoys the hell out of me. But he's great, and we love having you um, over at F uh, Frontline. Uh, RVD is always banging the drum that the big guys are unplayable in ITC format, and that's just absolutely not the case. We saw Magnus and Mortarian on almost every single team, yeah. and they were wrecking people. So it's not true that you can't let some of the secondary missions make things unplayable. We saw people with hordes of infantry. Like a lot of the, the perception that some of the missions like make units unplayable is just wrong. Like these people are taking these big models and not only not getting to, like the missions aren't making their army unplayable, they're crushing people. So um, th does that mean there's not room for improvement? No, some of the missions need to change and we're going to, yeah. but um, don't let, don't let your fear of giving up points dictate so much what you take. Because we were seeing people winning games that were just like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. And they're just crushing people. So um, Called you out, RVD. Oh, it's all fine. Dude, you, RVD, you've said that like 20 million times. Say greater demons are. Have you ever played with the Slanesh greater demon? Because mm. she is amazing. Every night. Yeah. She oh, is okay. that super was, good. That was, that was foul. Oh, it's um, arachnial. Justin Kimball, I plan on attending SoCal Open, so just curious if the missions will be changing before then. Yes, they will. Yep. Um, not for BAO, but definitely for SoCal. Uh, will you wait for ITC mission changes post GW chapter approved release? Apocalypse chapter approved occurs. Um, uh, GW releases that typically at the end of the year, like in December. So yes, we are going to do it prior 
uh, prior to that. So Terracnial dies turn one every game. Huh, interesting. Not she's T eight with a three up invo. I don't Not think, really sure how I she dies. That's, that's a false statement. Yeah, how did she die? Every that's a, that's an exaggeration. False um, flag. And then yeah, to, to uh, all the people that are talking about like you know, um, I just I wanted to address it because I don't want think people to think we're avoiding the topic. You know, when you have a, a certain members of a team, you know, team happy that have had issues in the past, um, that doesn't mean that you go on a witch hunt. Uh, that doesn't mean you instantly assume that these people are bad people or anything like that. It's not the case. I'm friends with most of those guys personally. Yeah. Can they get a little intense at the table? Yeah. Does that mean that they're bad? No. Um, but don't instantly assume things, right? Like, you, that's not fair to anybody. Does that mean that they should get a free pass and that, that there shouldn't be repercussions? No. Uh, but you have to apply those things fairly and equally to everybody. And as a community, we're coming together to decide how to do that, right? Because we want people to come to events, have fun, have a fair game, not feel like they're getting um, a, a bum deal for any reason, right? And we want to also regulate people's behavior at the table as much as is possible to ensure that you have a gentleman's game that is fun and it's fair. And, and, and we are taking steps to do that. So, yep. you know, don't demonize anybody, um, but then also don't let anybody get away with stuff just because they're well known or whatever. You got to strike a balance between those two yeah, points. You need to be assertive. Like if you're playing against somebody who is trying to pull stuff, is being aggressive at the table, like you need to man up. Or woman up. You need to like don't or call like, the judge. Right. Don't yeah. don't let don't things let happen. people push you around and then go online and talk about it. You know. And then don't go on the offensive and make all these yeah. speculative and assumptions when you weren't even not do at the event. Yeah. Because like I said, we played we played them round one and we had fun. Yeah. I think we only had there was only like one minorly tense moment on one game, which is normal in a competitive game. The rest of us had a great time. Yeah. So. Uh, and good job to Ray, because he beat Tony. That was that was well done. He got revenge because Tony beat Ray at LVO. Yep. So that was fun for him. One and one. Anyway, moving on from that, ATC yeah. was fun. Had some issues. Nothing that's you know end of the world or anything in my opinion. <laughs> uh, so we are having a our first ever summer FLG mat sale. We've never done this before, mm. uh, but we just restocked our warehouse with materials to make mats. And we, we've never had this much inventory at any point in time. Filled up. We are literally filled. Like, we were like, <laughs> we're like oh, this is we got to make, make some room in that yeah, warehouse. Yeah, we were like, uh, we are literally physically running out of space. Yeah. We decided to run a sale to move some inventory. So from now until the end of the month, July 31st, we are running 20% off any FLG mat, mm-hmm. uh, including the display mats, which people are Ooh. swooping those up. Yeah. Uh, because at, at, obviously at ATC, people are like, those are awesome. I mean, yeah. we're like, they are. Yep. And uh, it's a collapsible display board with a, a mat. You can base your army to match the mat. It looks amazing. Um, and it's really easy to transport stuff around. Andrew Gagno is using them. A bunch of people are now. Yeah. Uh, it's just a good idea. You, um, let's tip the hat to Frankie on that one. Good combination. It is. Mm-hmm. And it just it looks nice. And it's, it's transportable. So if you want to pick those up, please do. We also re-released our very popular Urban Chaos mats. We've uh, redesigned them a little bit to be even more chaotic yeah. and less infringy. <laughs> so enjoy yeah. those. And it's good. we released our 6x3 sizes. Yes, so and we're restocked on 6x3 sizes for those of you playing Star Wars Legion. And we have a brand new... Or, uh, map. or Rune Wars. Rune Wars also. Rune Wars. Uh, or any 6x3 game. Uh, yeah. Uh, you could do you could do X-Wing Armada. Do anything. On a gigantic planet. Any kind of fantasy play game. Do it. Yeah, whatever. You do whatever you want with them. Have fun. Or if you have a six foot by three foot 
kitchen table. Do yoga reason. on them. Yeah. We don't care. Yoga mats. <laughs> do I use. That's what I mats. use. Uh, I use yeah. a Slanesh one. Oh, good. For my yoga. I'm sure mat. that goes well at the yoga studio. That'd be good. The girls love it. Oh, I'm sure they do. They do. Uh, you're Megan's law. You know, inbound. Uh. <laughs> uh, they're not gonna let you near Chuck E. Cheese's. Uh oh. We also have a brand new Matt Snow too. This is a beautiful mat. Unlike Snow 1, which has a lot of rocky outcroppings, mm -hmm. Snow 2 is strictly just snow and ice. Yeah. So uh, it also has a little bit more blue tones to it. I, I think it's an absolutely beautiful mat. Yeah. Check it out. It's more uh, like an ice, an ice planet. It is, ice with some like planet. snow on top of it. Mm -hmm. I really dig it. Gorgeous mat. So if you want to take advantage of these savings, jump in there, grab a mat or two. You can get free shipping on orders $99 and up within the continental United States. Mm -hmm. But you could also mix and match. You could get some ITC terrain and a mat, maybe some... GW product, whatever you want. Warzone. Or Warzone. Warzone. And uh, get that free shipping and get some cool new goodies. Also, very exciting news. I've uh, been talking to Tom Adriani, longtime uh, ETC, kind of, I don't want to say he's like in charge, but he's one of the guys that helps keep the, the wheels of that, that ship turning. Really good dude. Uh, and Tom and I have been in contact with, for years. We've always been trying to come up with ways to kind of bridge the gap between the ITC and the ETC. Um, the there's similar organizations. ETC is geared towards feeding one event, um, the, obviously the ETC uh, 40K team event. Among others, they do lots of stuff. It's a huge event at this point in time. <clears throat> and um, uh, always should be kind of trying to like, bridge the gap because there's some friendly rivalry between the ETC and ITC community, which par for the course when you have competitive players that do anything. Yeah. Uh, they're always going to have some friendly banter. And... Uh, Always been trying to find where's that middle ground where we can kind of like bring everybody together because there's a lot more in common than there is different. And uh, very excited to announce that the ETC 40K Singles Championship event is going to generate ITC points. Hmm. Now, does that mean that they're using our format or whatever? No, they're not. They do their own thing and we, that's fine. We've said a million times we don't care. Play the way that your people and your community want to play. Um, but you can still get ITC points, still participate, still have fun. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what this is about. So we're really stoked. Yeah. This is a great first step to uh, kind of bridging the gap because a lot of us are crossing over now. You know, we went over to London. A lot of those guys come mm -hmm. to Nova. They come to Depticon. They come to the LVO. Um, and a lot of the, the European and UK and, and Norwegian players uh, are really into the, the getting their points now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is great, right? Like this is only a positive thing and I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Yeah. I'm very I'm excited. excited. And good luck, Team America. We drew France Do round it. one. Do nice. it. France, I think they're going to come in super powered because they just won the dang World Cup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now we got to take them on. Advantage. Yeah. Right? You know, they don't really have a good history, though, with these types of uh, competitive events. Oh. You get my drift. They just won the World drift. Cup. <laughs> if World Wars were a competitive event, perhaps not. But Hey, uh, USA, a two-time world champion. There you go. So that's all I'm saying. Feel boys. the freedom. Yeah. Feel the Feel freedom. Feel it. Feel it. Uh, but good luck to Team America. They're playing France round one. I uh, can't wait to see the results of that. And then again, for anybody that doesn't know what the ETC is, the European Team Championships brings together teams representing a country from all around the world. And they come and they play in a variety of games, not just 40K. But 40K is kind of the centerpiece. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's very exciting. A high-level competition. So uh, check that out if you're curious. The BAO 2018 is nearly upon us. Please be sure to uh, be prepared to have fun and yeah. also to read the chess clock rules because as we've been talking about, we will be using, uh, not everybody's gonna use a chess clock. We don't think that's even the right uh, approach with clocks, but we are gonna be using them day two for people with a winning record as we've been saying all year. And uh, 
don't show up not having even read them, you will regret that decision. And you're um, probably going to lose your game. It, or if you it'll, happen, it'll distract If you, you happen to be going on to that final table yeah. so you've never used one before, it's right. going to be challenging. Because a big part of this is a big experiment, right? Day one, we're only going to use them if both people at the table request a clock. Mm -hmm. Happy to. Yep. Happy to do that. Because uh, we'll, we're bringing enough for everybody. Well, almost. Actually, no, yeah, we have enough. We have 80 clocks. So uh, anybody that wants to use one, we will. But day one, it's not going to be a requirement. And then day two, if you have a winning record, it will be put on the table because we want games to finish. Everyone in the community at this point has been agreeing, or almost everybody that has been agreeing that that will help. Yep. Um, and then if on day two, if you want, if both players at the table one o'clock, we will. But the big, the important thing is, is that we want to make sure that you're prepared because we are going to be taking, collecting data to show how many games finish before and after. Did you enjoy using the clock or not? And you're much less likely to enjoy using the clock if it's your first time. <laughs> you are going to be so Yeah. So please, you're, you're going to skew the data and it's going to have a negative impact on everybody else. So uh, please at least play one or two games with the rules if you think yeah. you're going to win your first three games. And yeah. read your codex. Yeah, that too. Read oh. your book. That too. That'd be amazing if somebody somehow goes on to day two. They don't even. Winning record. Yeah. And is like the first time they've used the army, first time they've read their codex. Yeah. Never used a chess clock. And bring yeah. your codex. Do not have handwritten lists on a napkin. of the rules on your yeah. phone. That is... Like, we have a standing rule with the judges that if, if you have a rules dispute and you don't have your material on hand, you're instantly wrong. The judge says, open your book and show me. You can't, you're wrong. Your opponent, yeah, your space screens have a six-up save. <laughs> like, bring your dang rules, please. That'd be a good strategy if you're, like, losing against somebody who doesn't have a book. And they're like, oh, three-up save. You're like, show me where. Call the TO right yeah. now. I think they have a six, a I seven think it's a plus. six. Can yeah. you prove it? I mean, that's an extreme <laughs> and ridiculous example but you, you you are responsible for bringing your rules materials, so yeah. please do. That'd be a banana file. That, right that would be a, that'd be a raw dog ex <laughs> express. Uh, but more, you know, all the the clocks rules stuff aside, prepare to have a great time. The BAO is a wonderful event. Yep. Very curious to see if Brandon uh, Grant can threepeat. Never have anybody yeah. done that before. It's a great picture of Brandon showing human emotion. Yes, he does. He's actually it's a funny. He's actually a funny guy. Yeah, I, I we were hanging almost, out all weekend. Almost that's a, that's a fake smile. By that cool. Yeah, that's he smart. is as smart as he looks too. That's yeah. the funny part. Mm -hmm. He's a super intelligent guy. Yeah. Um, can't wait to see everybody at the BAO. Yep, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, upcoming ITC events. So before we dig into that, uh, got a really nice email. Uh, <clears throat> like to share these. Sometimes we forget to, but to everybody who does send in nice emails. Thank you so much. It's a nice change of uh, It's pace. a nice change of pace. <laughs> it really means a lot to us, and we, we pass them around the whole office. By the way, we do love emails that say, hey, I got my order. Everything was great. You guys are awesome. Yeah, that, that's nice. Every once in a while. Instead of the, it is nice to get a little bit of Instead of, of like, yeah, there was something with my order yeah. that went awry. You're like, ah, oh, okay. It's a lot like the Yelp reviews. Yeah. You only ever yeah. hear the negatives. By the way, if you have had a good experience with us, please go on our Facebook page and give us a, a, <laughs> a, a rating that you feel is appropriate. Yes. Please. Because it hurts my soul every time we have someone who's like upset for something. Because things go wrong. It's inevitable. Yeah. And then someone is upset and you're like, oh, that sucks. Let's try only, and fix only this. ratings you got are the yeah. upset customers. So Which, you, you know, fair enough. They're upset. But like. And we always go out of a way to fix it. try to upset that with like the majority of people who are getting good We go out of a way to fix it. But it's like, if you've had a good experience, please, please go over there and do that. Because it means a lot to us. Yep. We take pride in trying to do the best job we can. And that's a. Yeah. It helps. It make Larry just so happy in the warehouse. Yeah. We're just sitting there sweating away, yeah. making mats the New Jersey we do, way. We do get we do get good reviews. We do get a lot of good reviews. We do get. But yeah, we could always use more. As well. 
So anyway, I wanted to read this email because it's really nice. And when we get these, it means a lot to us, right? Like we tend to bounce them around and people read them. And it's like, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so the letter, uh, we're not going to disclose the person's name because I don't want to violate their privacy. But just want to say definitely please keep doing the podcast and streams. They have helped me, a returning hobbyist, not be turned away from going to tournaments. At the end of the day, like Reese said, the ITC mission statement is simply for people to come and play the game with like-minded people. I've made so many new friends in the last 12 months and I'm no longer scared by these kinds of stories. The podcast and streams help provide a designer's commentary on reasons decisions were made, provide insight on the challenges of this aspect of the hobby and show that this is all a really good thing. Hopefully the word spreads and more people can take on opinions and ideas expressed in the podcast. Thank you. Boom. Mm-hmm. Things in there that really like warmed my, the cockles of my heart is that someone's back playing again and that it helped them to realize that that you know organized play events are about having fun and making friends. I've made so many new friends yeah. mm-hmm. in the last 12 months. That's the key. Yeah, and that's that's what we've always talked about. That's what the ITC is all about is going out, experiencing new things, meeting new people, like having a great time. And that's that's all it's really about. Like, yeah, cool, somebody won the ITC, they got more points than everybody else. That's not the point though. It's It's really all about people going out meeting people from all around the world and people from different walks of life. That's, that's really what it's about. So. It is. That's, that is the, ultimately it's the, about the community. That's yep. why we do it. Um, and yeah, and all the other stuff is really fun and rad. Of course. Yeah. But the underlying thing is making friends, right? Yep. That's it. Uh, upcoming ITC 40 K events. <clears throat> we've got a ton. ton. It's not a ton. That's only like 10. A few. There's like 20 this weekend. Okay. 12. So we have three GTs coming up with the clash of Titans GT. And that's in Redding, California, with the Boise Cup. Uh, didn't that? Didn't they just have the Boise Cup? This is June. God dang it! Hmm. There you go, Reese. I'm an idiot. He's on point today. Reese Robbins. Robbins. Month. Well, yeah. there's a bunch of events this weekend. You guys can go over to the ITC page and check yeah. them out yourself. Son hey, of yeah. a gun. Yeah. Or just go back in time. We're yeah. really tired. Back in time. We, we've only we've been back on the road nonstop, time. so I apologize. Yeah. There you go. You got the Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar one's correct. Uh, well, not as many events, mm, but there's one five. for two. Sounds yeah. about like my ATC performance. Yeah. <laughs> no, you weren't one for two today. Uh, <laughs> you were one for four. I won two games. Okay. <laughs> I, I got thrown to the wolves, man. I had some bad matchups. I Don't bo- make up excuses. Frankie was like, he put me up against a, a, a Bobby G gun line. And I'm like, what are you What are you doing? He said, he said he's only got like a couple last cannons. I was like, you guys, eight. Where were you during the pangs, Reese? In the bathroom. Yeah. I was like, this is like it's horrible. And then he went first. I was like, well, here we go. I tied. I'm thankful for that. Um, upcoming AOS ITC events. We have quite a few coming up mm-hmm. uh, in the rest of July. Go check those out. Support your local events. Get your points. 40K ITC, current top five. Matt Root continues to just smash and crush, leading by with a massive 691-point score. Josh Death in second with 635 points. Mitch Pelham jumps into third place. Sitting with 593, starting to narrow the gap a little bit. Nick Gower in fourth. And then our boy Jeff Robinson's dropped down into fifth. Nice. To his credit, though, he's been traveling all around the world doing, uh, doing Starcraft, Starcraft stuff. stuff. Starcraft stuff. So yeah. he's been busy. Yep. Uh, 40K ITC Hobby Track. We have Jeff Merrick has jumped into first place. Lou Rollins into second. Sean Prosser drops down into third. Nick Gower down to fourth. And William Ivey down to fifth. Got some new names and faces in there. Nick Gower's on there twice. Yeah, no, he's he's doing he's a top ten in both. We should get some uh, pictures of his army. Yeah, if yeah. you if you're in the the top ten hobby track, 
for AOS or uh, 40K, please send us pictures of your army. We yeah. would love to show them. Definitely. You could probably link them to the names or something. Yeah. You know? yep. yeah. In the future, it would be cool when you have, if you have a player profile, you could just click and see the army. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, we know we're not there yet, but that's, <clears throat> that would be really cool to do. Uh, AOS top 10, we have Joe Cryer continuing to hold on to his lead by 0.63 points. Nice. James Thomas is coming with it. He's bringing yeah. the heat. He is not going to rest on his laurels and mm -hmm. let Joe take his crown. No. Joe won the ITC AOS track uh, last season, so it's going to be really cool to see. That's going to be a very exciting finish. You mean James? James, James, won. James, James won. Did I say Joe? My, my apologies. James won. And James is a local boy. Extremely nice guy. Yep. Uh, Matt Jones is coming in not too far behind him in third place, followed by Josh Harvey and Stephen Heichi. A lot of shakeups in in that one. And Joe, it was great seeing you at the ATC, buddy. There's a lot of new names on there. Yeah, there's a lot of movement. And a lot of names I don't see, like Vlad. <laughs> did Vlad drop off? He did. Our, everybody's favorite vampire. Dang it. He's Come on, buddy. You can do it. So where's, uh, our, where's our robot? Where'd our robot guy go? Who was that again? I don't remember. Steven Rogers. Yeah. No, that's a Captain no. America. It was Rogers was his last name. Steven Anyways. Rogers is Captain America. Yeah. David Rogers? Something like that. Yeah. yeah Something Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. Come back, robot. <laughs> Anyways, um, AOS ITC Hobby Track, ring the bell. We got another event. Woo! Ooh, hey. Did it. Oh, man. Uh, first place, I'm going to not do this good correctly. Luck. Yeah, good luck with that. Is it Lal, even a name? Lalji Seedhu. Mm -hmm. I apologize if I almost certainly said that wrong. All lowercase, just to mess with the Jason. He jumped way out in front with a nice, a nice score. Philip. Verduzco is in second. Frank Deloach, our friend, is up in third. Scott Reed. Local boy. Fourth Hometown place. hero. Josh Scott Harvey Reed. in fifth. Yep. Nice. It's starting to get a little bit more traction. Shade Spire, we had some uh, shakeups here as well. Mike Corris right. moves into first. Matt Everhart down to second. Jose Ibarra in third. Andrew Everhart in fourth. And Tony Field up into fifth. Well done. Thanks. Check out FLG Paint Studio. We got this. Awesome Dark Imperium starter set that we painted up, and it looks yeah. amazing. It's fantastic. Tabletop Plus. Boom. Um, I believe. Level 2 basing? Yeah, level two, definitely level 2 basing. I don't remember. I think it's Tabletop Plus. It looks like a plus. It is. It, this, I mean, everything's vibrant, colorful. I mean, it's, it's Games Workshop scheme to the letter, I think, better than theirs, it's to be brighter. honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, this is everything I love about paint commissions is nice, clean, bright base coats, basic line highlighting that looks really good. This might actually be a tabletop. This is, I think... It just looks so good. It looks like a tabletop plus, but I think it is, is an in between. Yeah. One of the best things about going to our studios, guys, by the way, is that like we have a lot of painters, and sometimes we have a lot of tabletop commissions. And um, sometimes you'll get a really good artist, and we say, "Here's a tabletop commission for you." And they can't help themselves. They can't. Make it a no, bit. and that's one of the best things about working with us is that you will always get what you pay for or more. Usually, it's or more because yeah. all of our artists are so talented. And a pro tip: we've said this a million times. Pro tip. If you want that extra little yeah. bit, give the artist more freedom on the project. Don't try to yeah. micromanage. The best, the best way to have a, a bad commission is to try and give get, pages of details. Yeah. One, yeah. two, ask for updates every day. Yeah, ask for a hard deadline, which we don't take anyways. But um, that is the best way to get a commission that's just not going to come out well. Best that well, we have are people who are very laid back, give general guidelines. This is what I like. These are some photos I found of things that I'm thinking about. You know, I don't really have a time frame, but if you can give me kind of a, a completion time when it should be done, those are always the best, and they always come out like this. This yeah. is a fantastic commission. I mean, I would is, be so The thing happy. is, like, if you do have, if you need to match an existing scheme, or if you do want to get yeah. really specific, we will, of course, do it. Right. Yeah. But when you get that extra bit, it's when the artist has 
when they feel like their creativity is being allowed to express itself and then yeah. they, they get kind of carried away with it. Right. Um, but we will do it whichever way you want us to do it right. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. However, that is a pro tip. If you want it to yeah. be extra awesome, let the artist express themselves a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that is tabletop. I think the characters were tabletop plus. So let's jump in and answer some questions. Question it up. Mm -hmm. Question it up. From Doc Gibbons says, hey guys, late to the show. Are you going to have a pre-orders mm -hmm. on the website for Kill Team? Ooh, and the new GW train. Yes, we Saturday, will. 10 a.m. Let's go up on Saturday, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think people are, are the people with the early copy are revealing them. Yeah. Now, a lot of game stores get some things early, and they're just—they're not really supposed to. But they do—they give you the date when you can. Right. Show Generally, it off. we wait until the pre-release date, which yeah. is the 10 a.m. the Saturday before the release. Yeah. And we'll we'll do some coverage of it. I'll double check. We've been we've 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 only been in the office one day in the last week. Yeah. So it's been we've been really all over the place. But mm -hmm. uh, assuming I'm assuming that yeah you can reveal it. We'll we'll dig in and, and talk about. That's it. this is actually a question that's come up a few times in the past couple of days. I guess they have a new size. They do. That, that they have a new size. Very board. convenient. We for, may <laughs> we may or may not already be working on a mat that would be sized appropriately for games of kill team. Yeah. But um, that's not something that is available now. No. But yeah. one thing that you can keep in mind is our mats can be cut. You know, um, without serious fraying. I mean, every one of our desks has a mat cut to size yep. no problems i've had it cut for how long a year and a half no fraying on it you yeah know, we, we, we do we advise putting a little bit of rubber cement on the sides just in case but i didn't it's perfect so like if you do want to cut your mats yeah, yeah. i mean we don't recommend it but yeah you can but, but you like can. if you want one for that that's a very yeah. specific size yeah that they're looking for yeah we definitely don't say please cut your mat but if yeah. you do no, but if you it do, turns out to be fine if you get something that's comparable in size and do a little trimming it's gonna be totally fine yeah uh, Axis of Entropy, oh, we just answered that one. CW Dub, can you tell us if the Gene Stiller Codex is going to be really good or great? Well, of mm. course, we think it's great, um, but it's, it's always interesting because, like, when you're in the playtest process, it's just not the same as when it goes out into the wild. But I, in, in, in our opinions, we can't give any specific details, but in, in our opinions, I know Frankie feels the same way. The codexes that are on the way are all amazing. Like, I can't wait to see the community react to the Orc Codex because I think it's going to be awesome. Like, amazing. But you never know. You know, we'll see. Yep. We'll see how the community reacts to it. But obviously, we can't answer any specific questions, unfortunately. Everyone seems really into Kill Team. I, I mean, I personally am Kill not. Team's cool. I'm just like, meh. You know, it's just, it's, it's a skirmish version of 40K, which is cool. You yeah. know, but I mean, this time, I mean, it seems people are like really into it. I think so. And we're going to yeah. be interviewing some of the people that had a, a, a direct hand in, in, in giving us Kill Team in its current version. So stay tuned for that. We also have another interview at the end of this podcast, not the live show, obviously, but we'll be interviewing uh, Caleb and Kat uh, from CK Studios talking about what they're going to be doing at the LVO. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. That'll be a really cool interview. Um, but yeah, of course, A3 is like, it's going to be so good. Yes, that's my tagline. I, I think it is, but, you know, let's wait and see what everybody else does with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shadespire designers did work on, on Kill Team as we understand it. And Shadespire is massively popular. I think one of the cool things about Kill Team is that you can put together a very small warband and do a lot of customization on it. So, you know, we put more work into it than you normally would on your squad. So, like, I had already had ideas of putting together a Reaver squad with, like, you know, a lot of kit bashes to make it, like, a chapter, very chapter-specific, like a Space Wolf Reaver warband with a lot of, you know, different heads and, you know, weapon options, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It kind of gives you the chance to do that, and it's you're not, it's, you're not going to take you forever to do a 2,000-point list. You know, it's just a squad. Yeah. So... 
Kurak Fiasco Man. Uh, we don't see many fortifications in Aeth. Probably because the forts cost a detachment and give no CP. Do you think we should uh, see more if the Odawan, if there was a fortification allowed in other detachments or the gave CP? I don't really like fortifications in competitive play, to be blunt. That's just me speaking as an individual. So I, don't, I wouldn't want to see any incentives to bring them. They, they, there's just endless rules issues with them. Um, I think they're perfectly fine. Uh, maybe not perfectly fine. I think they're fine the way they are. Maybe they could use some fine tuning, but I don't really want to see an incentive for it. I feel like fortifications are more appropriate in narrative and open play. Because um, every time you see them used in competitive play, it's always some weird rule bending yeah. shtick. Like it's it's never because they, oh, I like the fortification. It's always because there's some like goofball thing that it does that pisses everybody off. Right. Like, and that's, that's just usually, my opinion. Usually the way yeah. people bring them is, is to, for some sort of abuse of a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like some weird rules loophole. Yeah. And it's like, I, do we really want to give more reason for people to look for that? I, in yes. my opinion, no. I don't know. What do you guys think? Frankie's Heck idea. yeah. I think you should get three free fortifications every game. Sweet. Should we do a, a best fortification faction? Ooh, I like it. If the majority yes. of your points are in fortifications? I would like it. Okay. Uh, Aether is the fifth place ITC Genius Killer Coil player. He's only played in two tournaments, so he's fine with it staying the way it is. Well, good for you. Yep. Uh, Kill Team is amazing, says Zoon GG. Uh, it's an amazing entry point for the game. The old GW Kill Teams have been missed, so glad to see this is being taken more seriously. Awesome. It is. The, the book is like this thick. Yeah. It's huge. Cool. Awesome. Uh, just like a friend of fire can. Yeah. Another Abuse. reason for me to personally be excited for getting into kill teams. Yep. Uh, bu -bu -bu -bu. Can, I use a, can I use the fortification for my kill team? Yes. No. Frankie said it here first. Axes of HP fortifications are, are great for apocalypse and narrative games. I, I agree. Yep. Outflanking fortifications is missed by Nightman78 and only by Nightman78. Oh, the outflanking fortifications are great. It was, so it was fun. Oh, it was fun. I was like, it's a movie. I like the sideways uh, sky shield, too. Oh, oh brother. Or the good. void shield generator on the sky shield. Yes. No, no, yeah. that's good hey, there's no rules to say you can't do No that. rules. No There rules. are literally no rules to say you can't stack your models on top of each it's other. true. Yeah, well, Truth. you know. You Truth. could. I could put all my Lehman Russes no, on top of each other. I would, nope. Where does it say? In Where my heart. Does it say? <laughs> my mustache. It's written in my I stash. want somebody to try to do that. No. All right, Vince, Vince Morgato. All right, everybody. Comment. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 601 of Signals from the Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, to everybody we met, saw, and were played against at the ATC, thank you. Thank you for the team for running it. <clears throat> Keep your chin up, guys. We, uh, we think you did a, a good job with the amount of growth that you had. Um, don't let the negativity get you down. And we'll see you all next week. Stay tuned for an interview with CK Studios. Bye. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Reese here from Signals from the Frontline with an interview with a very special pair of guests. We have Caleb and Kat from CK Studios, and they will be joining us at the Las Vegas Open teaching some really cool classes, not just about miniatures, too. There's also some really cool creative, um, uh, I guess, more like painting style classes that Kat's going to be doing, and I'm sure everyone's going to be excited to hear about that. But uh, first of all, thank you both very much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for, hey, Reece, for having thank us. You. So, Thanks for having us on, Reese. Hey, it's, a, it's a wonderful to have you both. So why don't you tell us a little bit about CK Studios? You want to do it, Caleb? All right. So, uh, yeah, I've been on before with you guys doing some painting for uh, Frontline Gaming and uh, teaching a few classes. And 
during the last few years, I teamed up with Kat, um, and we started traveling around the U.S. teaching uh, miniature painting classes, figure painting, and airbrush classes, which are our major hit. Most of the most of the people out there probably know us for our airbrushing classes. And uh, we also will be at LVO this year teaching teaching classes there. I think this is our our fourth year, our fourth year teaching at LVO. I think so. Yeah, we've you've been with us almost every single time. And uh, Caleb, we know each other from way back, like you know, probably eight, nine years now at this point. And, uh, and Kat, we've recently become more personally acquainted, but I've known of you for quite some time. So it's great to have you back. And uh, just to, to jump in and give you a plug really quick, the airbrushing classes at the LVO are almost full already. So uh, if you do want to grab a ticket, yeah, they, they instantaneously were like almost full. Um, and because space is limited, if you all are listening to this, I just wanted to say it now before I forget, make sure to grab a ticket for any of the classes, particularly for the airbrushing classes, if that's something you're interested in, because they do fill up really, uh, really quickly. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what makes these classes special and why somebody would want to come? Um, for our airbrushing classes, I, I think that we've got a, a unique take. A lot of the classes that you see, like you're going to Adepticon or you're going to uh, some of the other convention-type areas, ReaperCon, something like that, those classes are usually geared towards more of like the, the hobby artist, the hobbyist type, uh, not necessarily the gamer. And CK Studio is one of the things that we really concentrate on our Airbrush 101 classes. The weekenders and our, our uh, convention classes are geared more towards, I mean, I wouldn't say that we're not geared towards the higher end painting with a lot of stuff, but we do try to gear stuff more towards that medium of like the gamer slash artist, those ones that want to have, uh, you know, nice looking armies, bringing, bringing stuff to the tabletop quickly and efficiently, but still having a good concept of color theory of light volume, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I think for the most part, that's what you're going to find with a lot of the artists that are coming to LVO this year. We've got Sergio, we've got Andy Wardell, we've got uh, Matt DiPietro, uh, Yeji, Lynn, everything. There's such a broad range of talent and and I would say like specialty to it. So uh, no matter what you're looking for, no matter what you're interested in, whether you're just a gamer that wants to get some models on the table quickly or you're a hobbyist that wants to up your painting game or you're kind of bordering on that competition or display quality painter and you just want to develop the, those high-end techniques there's going to be something for you in this classes i think that's great because i know as a, a, a gamer hobbyist myself leaning a little bit more towards the gaming side i what interests me is not necessarily learning how to blend at a high level or uh, something like that not that those classes aren't great they are but for me, as someone who collects armies, I just want to know how to get them painted quickly to look as good as I can within a reasonable time frame. Um, and that, that's, uh, that would be right up my alley as a, a person that would be possibly attending this course. Because um, I don't have time to paint each model right. to a super high standard anymore. It's just not really vi viable. And I think a lot of people are in that same boat. Yeah, yeah and, and with the advancement in skills that, and, and the materials that everybody's starting to use now, the more 
the the hobby is progressing, the more that it's adapting. You're seeing a lot more use of the airbrush. Um, how to use different mediums like inks and washes and oils and stuff like that to get really good results quickly. And then also, like I mentioned earlier, that that little bit of basis for color theory, a little bit of basis for creating light and volume. I mean, sharp contrast is what's going to make an army stand out on the tabletop. And if you're into, you know, trying to get the best paint score, you're going to learn these little tricks that really help to make your it's that defining little bit of effort that will make your army stand above the rest of the armies that are on the tables there, help the judges kind of catch, you know, catch the judge's eye. I know that's an odd thing to say, but I think I've judged with you guys for, I don't know, about three or four years again. And when you got 300 armies to judge, it's, it's really, it's difficult to find all the little nuances in armies. But if you can catch that judge's eye, it's just going to make it that much easier to get a higher paint score um, to, you know, to carry that hobby side of it. Or if you just want bragging rights, you know. <laughs> I think it's pretty fun, too, because some of the experience Caleb has that he brings to the table with, like, our workshops is literally all that experience. with the From the judging to actually painting and producing top-level, you know, armies out there that have gone through competitions themselves. And... When we get into these workshops, we're really literally dealing with almost all gamers, and their their interest in it is growing and growing and growing for the quality of their own um, armies, which is making them very serious about their play too. So we get to do a lot of talking about Warhammer, and we get to talk about talk about 40k and AOS and all kinds of fun stuff like that. And we can actually bring that side of it to to the classroom. It's just literally the experience and the love of of the game and the hobby. Um, and Caleb has a really unique spin on that, I think, just from years of being um, in the trenches with it, with the judging, with painting, with commissions. He's learned, he's probably made every mistake and learned from every single one you can as an artist <laughs> hobbyist. <laughs> and so he gets to cut through all that and bring the good stuff to the table. And it's really fun. It's really enjoyable to get to, to, get to experience that. I 100% agree, and I can attest personally that you both are extremely talented uh, artists. Caleb, you've painted actually some of our stuff. Uh, I know you sometimes work with our studio, the FLG Paint Studio, too, and you do great, great work. Um, so you both really know what you're you're talking about, and it's interesting that you you mentioned a couple of the trick the, the tricks that I always talk to people about too when they're asking us for advice in our store about getting the army painted. And that's like, pick two colors for your army, the two main colors that are high contrast, pick a good, a couple of uh, complementary colors, and then do one special thing, like OSL or weathering. And it's like, that's really all you got to do, like you said, to catch a judge's eye, right? Like, if you have good uh, grounding in uh, color theory, like, you know, colors mm -hmm. on the opposite side of the wheel, like, they'll go really well together. And uh, little tips and tricks like that, that if they spend a couple hours with, with either one or both of you, that they're going to come out of it um, infinitely better. Um, they're going to feel more mm -hmm. confident in their painting skills. And I know from personal experience, when I finally learned how to use an airbrush about five years ago, I was actually mad at myself <laughs> for not having done it sooner because I had base coated the entire army in three hours, which would have taken me probably weeks to a month to do with a brush. And I was like uh -huh. so bitter at all the time I had wasted in the past mm -hmm. by doing it the long way. So 
I, I, I can't recommend it enough to, to jump out there for anybody who likes to paint their own stuff but is low on time. Maybe they just had a kid. Uh, maybe, you know, their, their job is more demanding. Um, it, it really, really does save you just so so much time and it gets a really good result. Um, so I think that's awesome. But what, what about some of the other classes that you're teaching, uh, Caleb? Um, besides the airbrushing classes, I'm, I'm teaching. It's kind of a new class for me. Well, it's not that new. It's one of my favorites right now is uh, teaching uh, painting black and white. This is a brush painting class, not an airbrushing class. But two of the hardest colors to, to paint for, for a lot of people is black and white. And it breaks down how to paint them, um, why certain things work and other things don't. Um, it, it's a fun, it's a very hands-on class. Everybody will be painting. We're going to paint a Primaris Marine uh, GW. It's, has provided the miniatures for that class. So we want to thank James and all the GW guys for their help and support with that. Um, we're painting, we're doing a ex, uh, painting ex, expressive faces. This is more of a, one of those advanced classes where you're going to get more into um, learning to paint more display quality. Uh, we're going to, to how to how to go through and use glazes and washes and blends and things like that. We're going to paint a face. And then um, uh, the last class I'm doing is a freehand class. And again, this is a, a beginner level class. It's going to teach you the basics on how to um, break down and learn how to paint any shape or any image. If, uh, if you ever listen to like Carl and the independent guys, they always make these jokes about it's easy. You just paint a triangle and a circle and these lines and all of a sudden you have this freehand image. Um, and they're, they're taking that from my class, how we'll take, uh, say, um, a dark angel emblem and break it down into how you would freehand that image onto a banner or a shoulder pad or something like that. Yeah, it's funny. That's exactly how I was taught to freehand, too, is like break yeah. it down into core, to its most basic shapes. And it, it, it makes it dramatically easier uh, to do it. And then it gives you the confidence to try and do more uh, creative stuff without thinking, oh, I'm going to just screw up the model. Um, uh, absolutely. That's yeah. that's the thing with freehand is that when people people are afraid to attempt it, they're like, man, I'm not an artist. I can't draw. I can't do freehand. I can't, I, you know, and they see all this freehand. You're intimidated. I mean, I was intimidated the first time I started freehand. I was like very intimidated. But having it break it down into the basic shapes, it's just like when we learn how to to draw animals, you know, you got that book when you were like in middle school and it like showed you how to paint, how to draw a lion or something. And it's like, you draw this circle and this cone and this circle and this square and this triangle. And then you elaborate on those. Um, so that's pretty much what the class is. It's really nice. It shows a few different materials or mediums that I like to use in my freehand. Um, and then it'll walk through a few things. And again, it's another hands-on class. And that's a good thing. Uh, that's a good point to, to hammer down is that a lot of these classes, you get to walk away with a miniature too. Um, it's included in the cost of the class. And a lot of times the materials are provided. Um, it's really cool to be able to sit down with someone who's a pro and in a small class, um, even the ones that are that get completely full, it's no more than like 15, 16 people at the high end. Um, you, you get to walk away with something. So it, it's really cool. You're, you're tangibly working on something and then you get to keep it. So I think that's is super cool. Um, and then obviously what you're really going for is not just a mini. It's it's uh, to share the knowledge, to gain some of that knowledge that, that both you and Kat have earned over years and years of, of practice and study. 
Yeah. I, had, I had such a neat experience um, recently when we were teaching in England, and one of the students in England brought up a model to me, and he says, do you recognize this? And I was like, well, yeah, that's one of the models that we use in our basic blending class. And he literally had this thing sitting there varnished completely. It was the very first model that he had in his very first hobby class he took from us, I think at Gen Con um, a few years ago. And here we're in England now teaching this class. And he still has that takeaway model with him. And he's varnished it, everything. It's like his, he goes back to that model and it still inspires him. So those, those little tiny walk away things from like LVO, I think almost every class you're in, you get to walk away with something. Um, almost every class, unless it's, unless it's a demo. But um, that, that takeaway is just, uh, you literally get to go back to it. You can. Are you there, Kat? Are you there, Kat? Oh, uh, we might have lost her. Uh, not a problem. Uh, Are you there? Yep. Let me just take note of that. I'll just cut that part out. Not a problem. Is everybody still here? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, I have no idea what happened there. It's okay. No, I it, 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 Sorry. It happens sometimes. But I can just. I'll just go back and cut out that that little part where we lost connection okay um and then we'll pick up again in 14 20. yeah i think it's great to remember that um, um to have those little keepsakes to remember the class by to remember that big jump in your skill because uh, an anecdote i'd like to share that ties into what you just said uh cat uh, one of my really mm -hmm. good friends tyson uh from uh, figure painters if anyone wants to go check out his stuff he doesn't do commissions anymore but he, he's like on your, your and Caleb's level. He's like tremendously talented. I, I was pretty good painter. Um, I learned how to paint out of the white dwarf, like people my age, you know, pre, pre internet, as embarrassing as that is. When I was a little kid learning how to paint, we didn't have the benefit of YouTube and all this awesome stuff. And, um, I know you all do a lot of, uh, media online, so I'd love to get that plug later. Uh, but I would just read out the white dwarf, you know, and like I was self-taught and I, I was pretty good. Right. I felt pretty confident and I'd go to a local event in my local game store and I'd usually, you know, maybe get a little prize. And then I sat down and I would uh, paint with my buddy Tyson and he would, you know, bust out a mini with me and we'd paint it together. And it was like, after like a week of that, it was unbelievable how much better <laughs> I was. Like I was doing things I didn't even, I'd never had the confidence to do before, like blending paint and you know, freehanding and, you know, painting the eyes on the models, you know, stuff like that. Um, and that's why these classes, when it's a really like focused, you all have taught these classes many, many times. So you know what you like, you really have it rehearsed and it's down, you know, what information is impactful. People are going to walk out of the class and they will f definitely be a better painter than when they went in. You know, it's, it's, it's not a very, it's a small investment for something that if you really enjoy the hobby aspect of the hobby, um, it's going to pay dividends for the rest of their life, really. And I, and I say that with complete, and that was true for me. Like I only sat down with someone a few times and it made me just dramatically better. Oh, that's so cool. And I do, and I still have some of those minis too. They're sitting on my, in, in the store here. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it makes it more fun. It, do, it does. Like, you, you feel more confident. I know we, we've kind of touched on that a lot, like how you feel about it, if you're intimidated or if you're confident. When you when you feel more confident in your ability to uh, tackle any model, it's it's just so much more enjoyable because you don't feel any like sense of anxiety about if you're going to screw it up or if it's not going to look nice or whatever. Like You just feel like, yeah, this is going to be...
fun to paint this model as opposed to kind of dreading it. Yeah. And there's models that maybe you wouldn't have tackled for your army that you start feeling better about and you go out and buy different things. And it, it's just so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch people progress through that. Yeah, it is. You, maybe there's a Forge World model you've had your eye on. And after taking a class, you'll be like, yeah, I really feel like I'm ready to do this. So that that's super cool. But um, Kat, what about some of the classes that you're teaching? Because I know you're doing some some really cool stuff that's a little bit, a uh, little different than the normal offerings. Yeah, this is going to be way different. Um, is, you guys will be the first uh, convention actually to feature something like this. And what I was aware of last year when I was at LBO was there were a lot of the girlfriends, the spouses, um, hobbyists that weren't necessarily playing a game right at the moment, kind of, you know, kind of milling about and, and um, there was an opportunity or a gap there that we could fill and give them something to do as well in the hobby area. So I chatted it up with Seth, and we're going to uh, we're going to do a couple of canvas classes with acrylic pouring. Um, something I've had experience in for over twenty years now. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you there, Caleb? I'm here. Okay. Sorry, something was cutting out really bad on my side. It sounded robotic. It's okay. I think we'll be able to salvage it. Um, okay. And then picks up at 18, 12, 1830. Okay. So um, I'll be going, I'll be teaching some canvas classes that are real fun. Um, some basic art classes and then some mandala um, dot art work. And it's just, they'll be in the general hobby area. So for people that, that have some downtime that like to kind of do a different type of art while we're there, or if you're there with a boyfriend or a husband and want something fun to do, we'll have that available to them. I think it's a great idea. And uh, I know, especially the acrylic pour right now, like, Mm -hmm. uh, my girlfriend has been showing me it on Instagram and all that stuff. And it, it's mm -hmm. really cool. And it looks, it's like super creative and it doesn't require a lot of technical skill. I think, I hope I don't sound exactly. like an idiot. Nope, you're that. exactly right. Okay. You're exactly right. You can walk away. You can have absolutely no experience doing regular canvas painting of any sort and walk away with a completely completed abstract painting from it. So, and that's one of the things we'll do these classes on Friday and Saturday so that the, um, canvases have time to hopefully cure by the time people go home so that they can take their art project home with them. That's awesome. I think that's going to be really popular because uh, one of the, the most appealing aspects of the Las Vegas Open is that you can bring your significant other who, or <laughs> friends or whoever who may not be gamers and there's lots to do and I think that uh, we'll see how it goes. You never know before you do it but I, I believe it's going to be really popular because um, it just makes yeah. sense, right? There's people there that this could appeal to them, and they may not have any interest in games at all, but this is something really fun that they could do. Um, exactly. Yeah. And on the gaming side of it, um, the pouring technique is something I'm doing. I'm using this technique and making acrylic skins that I'm punching out and covering my um, Death Guard bases with. So all of my Death Guard bases are using this canvas technique, but um, in a different format. So they're all custom, basically custom painted. Every single one of them is individual for my Death Guard army. So it's, it translates well, too. Um, it goes, it can go into the gaming hobby as well. So that's kind of fun. That's super cool. 
And I know for the the uh, enthusiastic hobbyists, finding new techniques and something that sets you apart from everybody mm-hmm. else is always really, really cool and interesting. Um, and uh, basing techniques are something that I've always found fascinating because it's an easy way, usually, to really make your army stand out um, if you want it to look different um, exactly. than the flock and sand that almost everybody else is going to be using. Exactly. Exactly. These will be little art pieces. That, that is super cool. So is there anything <laughs> else that we should uh, cover before we start to wrap it up here about uh, the classes or about CK Studios where people can find you online, all that fun stuff? Sure. Do you want to do that, Caleb? Um, yeah. So uh, not not only are we teaching the, the classes at LVO, um, the convention classes that we teach, but we also teach our, our weekend or the Airbrush 101, uh, the Airbrush 102. And we're just about to release our new Airbrush 103. We're super excited about that class. Uh, with the new hype of the, the, the night, the new night codex is coming out and all the new nights that are coming out, um, I think they, what did they come out with? Three or four new variants of them? Yeah, uh, sure. yeah like four. There's four new kits. Yeah. They're selling like hotcakes, too. Mm-hmm. They, they are. They are just, it's crazy. They're so good. I mean, GW is just knocking out of the park with their new kits. Um, but we're, we have a class that we've been developing for a little bit. Um, we're super interested in it. And uh, it, so for the 103, it's, it's called Heavy Metal is the name of the, is the title of the class. We're going to go in and we're going to paint a Night Titan. Again, it's another full weekender class, uh, Saturday and Sunday, eight hours each day. The first day of the class, they'll be with me. And I'm going to teach um, pretty much the technique that I used to paint Carl's uh, Reaver Titan, that Chaos Reaver Titan. Um, how we went about doing the true metallic metal substructure for the, for the body. Um, how we go in and paint the, the armor plates and get all the light variation and et cetera, et cetera. A little bit of non-metallic metals if they're into that, um, glowing effects, uh, a little bit of weathering, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever will fit into that eight-hour period on Saturday. And then Sunday, we're, this is the first time CK Studios has brought in another artist. We're going to have Sam Lentz. Um, and we'll get Kat to send you a link to his site if people are interested in kind of looking up on his stuff. Phenomenal painter, crystal brush winner, uh, Golden Demon winner, Gen Con, uh, Privateer Press, Scully, Grandmaster, etc., etc., etc. Super accomplished painter, has phenomenal freehand. I mean, just unbelievable freehand. So on Sunday, you're actually going to sit down and you're going to freehand onto your Night Titan. Um, it's going to be, and this is for bare bones beginner painters. You don't have to be a super accomplished painter to take this class. But the goal is by the end of Sunday, you should have a display quality uh, Night Titan. It's going to be something that, even if you're not playing Knights, um, it's going to be something that will go into your display case or be a feature of your army. And the cool thing with Knights is you can add them to just about any army out there. Yeah. No, that sounds really cool. Um, so One of the bummers is that I never get to take any of these classes because I'm running around trying to organize everything. <laughs> But I, to- I totally would if I, if I had any free time. Well, we'll, we'll, we can invite you up for this one. This one will be in September up in the Bay Area. Um, the venue, we're still working out the details for the venue. Um, but it is into the new schedule. And then, of course, we have our regular schedule. In July, we're up in Victoria. That class is sold out, unfortunately. It's an, an Airbrush 101. 
in August, we are in uh, Philly. Uh, Philly. We're going to be in Philadelphia um, teaching another 101 class. And again, in September, we'll be doing the 103. This will be our first launch of the 103. Um, in October, we're in Dallas for a 102 Denmark. at, uh, I'm sorry? Denmark. Oh, that's right. We're in, in Denmark. We're in Denmark teaching the 101 in Denmark. Uh, I think actually we're going to do the combination 101 and 102. So mm -hmm. it'll be four days of classes, but they can sign up for either or, or get a package deal for all four classes or all, all four days. Um, and then let's see after Denmark. We're, you're going to have to help me out with the rest of the day. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be in November. Um, we'll be at Scale 75 in Texas, outside of Dallas, to do a 102 specialized class around the Jessica Thunderhawk uh, model by Scale 75. And that one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we'll be doing it in their facility there. In December, we're going to be in Boston. And um, that's going to either be in the middle of the month or the end of the month. We're still securing the venue um, date for that. We've got the venue. We just need to secure the date. And then <clears throat> moving January, we'll be in LA or Phoenix and then LVO in February. It's a full schedule. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> we'll stop there. I think we're scheduled out till June of next year right now. Wow. Well, hey, that's, that's awesome. Uh, you're both very busy and, and, and uh, ambitious, and I applaud that. I think that's great. <laughs> Um, so where can people find you online if they want to find more information? Um, we're on Facebook primarily. Uh, we do most of our information, um, trans uh, doing messaging with our, with our students and anybody interested. You can find us on Facebook and it's um, CK Studios. And if they typed it in, I think it's CK Studios Come Paint With Us is the full name of our, our studio page, but all they need to do is go there, hit the message button, um, hit us up directly. If they're interested in any of these classes, because we're in the middle of launching it um, for the next six months, <clears throat> we'll put their name down on the reservation list and contact them back when we open up registration. So it's good to get their name in now because it gets going in on the order um, that we're receiving those. So. Um, anybody and everybody's welcome to contact us there. They can also email us if they're not on Facebook and that happens. We're at ckstudios.art at gmail.com. And then anytime they want to poke us directly, um, they're more than welcome to through Facebook, uh, either Caleb or I. Awesome. And then, of course, we'll put all this stuff in the show notes, too, for people that want to Go check it out. Well, thank awesome. you, so, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I'm excited to see some of these new classes and some of the classics that are already filling up. So again, if you're listening to this and it sounds like something you want to participate in while you're at the LVO, please don't wait. Grab those tickets. As everybody knows, the LVO went absolutely ballistic this year, and, and everything is filling up quickly. So uh, don't wait and grab those tickets. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, wonderful as always, and I can't wait to. See y'all in LVO, and I'll see if I can make one of these uh, airbrushing weekend classes. It sounds pretty pretty badass. Well, maybe <laughs> right we'll just have on. to come down and teach one at Frontline. That would be pretty oh. cool. That would be oh, pretty there cool. you go. <laughs> Thanks so much, Reese. It was nice to hear from you. You as well. We'll talk to you soon, and thank you for joining us.